0: Well, welcome to episode 15 of Becoming an Elite Financial Advisor with Sten Morgan, where we help financial professionals like you recognize and reach your potential faster. If you're like most of the advisors we know, then you have a heart of service. You wanna take care of the clients you have, those who have entrusted you with their financial decisions. But how do you serve those clients well? Is there a way to segment your clients and still provide great service to all of them? Will clients get upset if you provide different levels of service? And how will segmenting your book help or hurt your staff? What do you use to create those different segments? Well, let's find out the answer to those questions and many others right now. Here's my conversation with Sten Morgan.
1: Welcome to our podcast. Sten Morgan here with Andy Traub. Uh, great topic today uh, about why advisors need to segment their book of business, yet most do not. Andy, it's, welcome.
0: Well, thank you. It's great to be here. This is something that, as I as we talk to hundreds of advisors, it's it's up there on the I know I should, but I haven't list. Oh yeah, it's way up there. Yep. Probably number one is hire an admin. Number yeah. two is segment your book of business. Yes. So it's almost it's like they get an admin and the, the next thing they do is segment their their book of business. Yep. Uh, but this absolutely has to happen. And we have several reasons why advisors don't and then several reasons why they, they need to. So let's just get right into it. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, and I will challenge you if you're listening um, that if you haven't segmented your book, do it now. If you have, we want to, challenge you today to question did you do it the right way that your instinct might be like i've done it been there but if you do it well it's a game changer
0: so let's go ahead and talk about sort of that that scarcity that that mindset of i haven't done it and here's why and and some of those fears are legitimate and some of them are completely made up um so i think one i think a healthy place to start is one of the reasons that people don't want to segment is they feel because they care about their customers care, you know, they love them. They would understand that they're stewarding assets and making decisions for their families. They feel like if I segment my business, my book, then I'm not going to take care of my people as well. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I want to like avoid phone calls when people call me and not have as many meetings with the Johnsons and they're just lovely people. And I can't say no to the Johnsons. So, yeah. so that, what is true about that, about they will have a different experience with clients and what is not true?
1: The, as we went and we live this out real life, we had no clients come back and say, we're, you're not getting the service we thought. So what I realized was that I had this, this reality in my mind, this fear of people pleaser, you know, mentality that like, if I do something different than I have been, clients will be upset with that change. Going through the process, what I realized is that the benefit was mostly for me and the team, the client's experience wasn't much different. Hmm. Because I find, and and you've shared some stories recently about this, is that advisors are over-serving clients and the clients
0: aren't (laughs) really even asking for it. (laughs) Well, if I can share real quick, we we had an advisor I was speaking to. And they're actually in our community. And it was one of those awkward moments on our community call where they shared something and I was like, Okay, I guess I'm going to be the one to say this, and I don't mind. It, you know, part of the reason being in the community is so you can be challenged with, mm-hmm. you know, are your, your ideas good. And it said something like, "Well, we meet with every client four times a year." And I was kind of waiting for somebody to say something. Nobody said anything. Is it okay? You know, say his name, Mike. Mike. Uh, do you think they need to meet with you? Do you think that they want to meet with you four times a year? And Mike was convinced. Not only do they wanted to, and they needed to. And the reality is, that's not true. That's right. That's not true. He could probably really serve them really, really well. It, to me, it's, it's, it's like the good waiter effect. Have you heard about this? A mm. good waiter is always there when you need them, but they're not. They're like, do you need anything? No, we're good. Five minutes later, do you need anything? Yeah, we need you to leave us alone. We're trying <laughs> to have right. dinner. Yeah, right? yes. And sometimes it's like, well, I'm over-serving you. No, you're just bothering. I'm good. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? Let me live my life. Yep. So I understand the heart behind that. If you're an advisor, you're like, I don't want to leave people out. But from the advisors we work with, and also Sten saying, um, people didn't complain because mm-hmm. they still get great service. That's right. It's just not the exact same service they were getting before. Yep. Is there ever any fear that a, that a client's like going to find out another client gets one more meeting or something? You know, I mean, is that is that silly or?
1: I've met some advisors. I remember seeing this online years ago where they put on their website their segmentation based on how much money you had with them. <laughs> it was just there, and I remember thinking like, <laughs> what. But it's here's who we are, we're running a business. Yeah, and yeah. you know, if we make more money, you get more service. And I yeah. never went as far to do that, but but our version of it was creating service segmentation based off revenue. Yeah. And so our segmentation is revenue based. If if it's a planning client or an asset management client, like I know to allocate a certain resources, have a certain size team, we need to deliver a certain amount of hours based on the revenue generated. Right. Um, and, and if you do that well, then you can run a better business. You can still serve those clients well. You set better expectations up front, which avoids the awkward conversations down the road. Right. It's the lack of expectations of just like, I'm here for you whenever you need me, and I'm going to save you. You know, yeah. That that's just too ambiguous. That there, you're setting yourself up for them to just be like, Well, why didn't you do this? Or you did this before.
0: Yeah, and that's a it, it. Is an interesting contrast. If I if I say to you, if I say to you, my friend, right? If I say, Sten. If you ever need help teaching your son how to play baseball, call me. Yeah. That's a very specific, like, okay, I know how Andy can help me. No. But if I'm like, hey man, if you ever need anything for anything, anytime, <laughs> just give me a call. You're probably like, I'm not going to call you because I have no idea what that is or that's what right. that means. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. So it is oftentimes better to serve. It's like, listen, if you have a major life change, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like, I know when to call my insurance agent. You know, my my wife got a car accident. I'm gonna call, right? Yeah. I know. So it's it's also helping people understand when to call you. Yeah, right. That's good. So let's talk about some other reasons why people don't. Um, it can be time consuming the first time around.
1: Yeah, I think there's a a, a limiting belief, like I don't know how to do it. Um, I don't need to do it. I'm making enough money. Things are there's no fire necessarily mm-hmm. at the moment. If you're not feeling the urgency of segmenting your book, it it's coming. Yeah. Because usually, it's a classic
0: important, urgent it's important but it's not urgent, like changing your oil. And then it knows. is urgent because yeah. your card is you know, it's that and classic. and it's things start, you know,
1: you're not following through with clients. Uh you feel
0: overwhelmed. Your staff is overwhelmed
1: or lack of clarity on who do we do for what and then you know right. like surge meetings if if that's the, the approach you take where you know i do that uh, it's pretty intense for a month and a half two times a year versus yeah. consuming my whole year spread out over time is is if every time we hit surge everyone got the same thing like we would be tapped out like it, clients they would dread that time but with segmentation in a process you know we get through that pretty well
0: what about people who just go? I don't know how to even begin to divide. Like, I don't, I don't know what the li- different levels of service would be. Like, I, I, I think that you make the joke once about your first financial planning client. You're like, I think I also mowed their grass. Like, I, <laughs> I really overserved them, right? Yep. But I mean, let's simplify that. We're talking about numbers of meetings a year, mm-hmm. right? Maybe an invitation to different client events. I mean, what, what are the other differentiators? Because it doesn't seem to me like. There's 17 variables. There's like three or four. So what are they?
1: So I think if if for our financial planning clients, for example, we have a really streamlined process for a foundational deliverable. Meaning if if no matter the fee you're paying us, as long as it's above our minimum, um, you will get this. So the team knows every planning client gets this
0: deliverable. All right, whether it's a month update every other month mm. or two meetings a year or whatever. Yeah, and then
1: be. separately is how often we're going to meet with them. Okay. And so everybody gets the financial plan. It's saying, we heard what you need, we've done our analysis, and if we were you, here's the things we would do next. They now could take that and implement it on their own, or we set the expectation that now we're going to help you walk that out. Mm-hmm. And if part of that is you getting an estate plan and you're like, would you come to the meeting with me? There's a version of that where we will, and there's a version of that where we won't. Okay. Where I got in trouble in the past is I said, hey, $2,500 plan, here's all these things, let's go. And I went to the attorney meeting, I talked to their CPA, and I looked back and I was like, that was just a lot of time. I realized that some clients are willing to do that themselves. What they need is the initial push and the initial plan, and we can streamline that and crank them out. Yeah. For the other clients that you give them option two, so most of our financial planning proposals have two or three options. And the only difference is our level of involvement and in sure. time. Sure. And so when you segment your book, whether it's investments, financial planning, um, insurance usually doesn't have as much ongoing, so that, that's different, is that we'll have an A plus, an A, a B, and a C. We as a firm don't add D clients. We don't want to add people that don't fit in that service that we're going to serve for a little bit and we just can't afford to continue to deliver on. It. The biggest difference is, you know, you have this financial plan you're going to get with these expectations, but here's how many times we're going to meet. Right. A C client might get one meeting a year with one phone call. A B client might get two meetings a year with a check-in phone call from Brooke. And then as you work up, if you're an A plus client, you're probably getting monthly updates from us on where we stand and quarterly meetings. The meetings and the strategy sessions are going to be the main driver of this segmentation, right? Because right. that's time.
0: And part of this is based upon the need. If there's a lot of complexity, if there's a lot of moving parts. It is like, yeah, it's going to make sense that you know, uh, you know, we we're our baseball field that we, my team plays on, you know, they are working on that field every other day. Why? Cause it's, it's a lot of usage. It's got a lot of, a lot of action, but it's other ones like, you know, someone's field, they can mow that once a month and they're fine. Why? Cause it's just sort of sitting there. Yeah. So some clients need more attention than others. That's right. I do think that it's easy to say, oh, I just want to serve everyone and serve, serve, serve. And that'll be my differentiator. Um, but I think that the reality of that is it, it doesn't scale. You know, mind. it doesn't yeah. scale.
1: It even so, affects you personally. You're overworked. It affects your family. Like running a poor business permeates through your life. Yeah. And and any business owner knows where the revenue is coming from and how much time and energy they're committing to it. If I made a widget, I would know how long it takes to produce. Right. What the cost of the goods is to make it. The classic sharpening questions. You know, what's your <laughs> exactly. margin, you yes. know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yes. So um, I want you to speak to this about w- – When people make this decision to segment that's actually out of an abundance mentality, I think that's interesting to say, I have 150 clients on my book, I'm going to divide it up and, oh my gosh, I've got 15 A clients and I've got, you know, you go down the line. Mm -hmm. How is segmentation connected with an abundance mentality?
1: Once you start segmenting your book and you have clarity on where revenue is coming from and where you're spending your time my guess is most advisors if they haven't done it will go through their book and realizing they're giving their lower revenue clients most of their time whether that's the client's pretty demanding or they're just giving everybody the same level of service and so they're spending more time per dollar of revenue to keep a C client than they are an A plus client yeah so that's revealing but what you'll start realizing is like who are the clients i want to work with and the i'll take anything mentality which we all live in for a while you won't be able to maintain that Yeah. when you start having and and realizing actually this client takes up this much time. We they love what we do and we make this much revenue versus this client. It'll force you to make a change for the better.
0: Yeah. So let's go into this, you know, why, why we're going to really encourage you who are listening to, to make, to, to make this a priority. Um, I think one thing that, you know, a lot of people are doing this now uh, with surge meetings and I just can, I can only imagine because, you know, I've worked on the hall from Brooke of and seeing you guys when you're in surge meeting uh, season of just how powerful that is for you and for the clients to have that regularity mm-hmm. for the staff to know here's our capacity. And, you know, if you have, I don't know. 50 meetings you have to have and there's this many weeks to have it in it's just math at that point yep. you just figure it out right yep. versus 150 or 200 i mean it just becomes yeah impossible that's right true. so talk to me about getting on the right side of the 80 20 rule as it relates to i mean the 80 20 rule is sort of famous with 20 percent of these whatever it is creates 80 percent of the result that's right 20 percent right? of tesla owners are probably responsible for selling the other 80% because they talk about them so much. They're That's the right. evangelists of yep. that, right? Yep. So I know you just came off a client um, uh, event last night, actually, mm-hmm. right? It was sort of wine tasting. Um, when you think about the 80-20 rule and segmenting clients and the result of that, of having them at a private event, mm-hmm. h- how does segmenting clients just make life easier when it comes to like, feeling like I'm putting my time mm-hmm. into the right 20% yeah. with an 80% result?
1: Yep, uh, I was at an event, and this is a firm that reached out to us and asked us to help them because when I was speaking, they realized this is a an RIA leader. They probably six hundred advisors in their firm that they were doing it to their advisors. They were eating. The they were way? they 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 were they were on the wrong side of the eighty twenty rule with oh. the advisors they served. Oh. They were giving everybody the same. Yeah. service, but they realized that 80% of their advisors were just kind of buying their time until they were going to retire. There, there yeah. was no desire to change, desire to grow. They weren't referring anybody to them. And interesting conversation over dinner was like, we need to build something for the 20 because mm-hmm. what if we lost those ones? And so I think the same thing, and I, I, it shook me up a little bit to think of my book of business to say, okay, for my 20% of investment clients or planning clients, am I over-serving them? What if I continue to give great service and, and create great processes for my 80? Because I want to love on them. want to serve them really well. have great sure. relationships there. Sure. But am I creating things with my 20% in mind? And, and you will not even be able to have that conversation or brainstorming session if you haven't segmented your book of business. Yeah. And so it's amazing what segmenting your book will make possible from business decisions to... Uh, just understanding how at risk is my revenue for my business. Can yeah. I hire somebody? Well, yeah, this is pretty consistent and comfortable income. Or, oh, no, if I lost one client, right, I would have to fire somebody. And so all of those things come from just having this initial data set.
0: Yeah. I think it's really, I want to encourage you who are listening, because I, I really think that most advisors, they have a heart for the people that they work with. They mm-hmm. want to serve them. And I think that, I love this analogy, um, and I think of, I haven't gone to a lot of concerts, um, but I remember I went to see Tom Petty in 1996. Strong. Great concert, great concert. I got binoculars, like somebody borrowed them from somebody, and I looked, and I was like, oh my gosh, he's really old. you know, like, <laughs> and, you know, know, And he lived a long time. But I remember, we did not have good seats. We did not have good seats. But we had a great, it was an amazing show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, pretty close to the top of Market Square Arena, which doesn't even <laughs> exist anymore. They ripped that building down. That's how long it was. But also, I know those people that were in the second row, and they had a great time. Mm-hmm. And I was in you know, eight rows from the top, and I had a great time. Mm-hmm. And the reason I share that with you who are listening is that I was at a concert and I had a great time. I was in the back. I had a great time. There's people in the front. They had a great time. Did we have the same seat? No. Did we, did we have the same experience? No. Did we have a great time? Yes. Mm-hmm. And the point is, Every single one of your clients deserves great service. Great service, a great show if you will, right? Mm -hmm. But does that mean they all have to have Mm -hmm. the exact same experience? No, I was, I mean, I had a great time at the top of Market Square Arena. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know people in the 50th row had a great time. And I was in row 300 or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we have to remember like, you're not ripping people off by giving them different levels of service. You are providing great service no matter what. It's just not the same service.
1: Yep, and, and and freeing yourself to if if a client is unhappy the benefit of you running an efficient business yeah for your family for you for your staff for your staff yeah. for these future clients that are a great fit for you yeah. you're not reaching because you don't have the capacity that so far outweighs the potential uncomfortable conversation of you freeing somebody to go work with an advisor that that will yeah segment them appropriately yeah. and, and be happy to have them. So yeah. if you can get into an abundance mentality where you're like, there are more than enough clients that fit my model, that fits my life. Um, then the biggest question is I just need to go find them. Yeah. And that's a different decision to make, but you're getting, you're getting out of your
0: way. But you're challenging people who are listening right now by saying, do you have people on the bus who need to not be on the bus? Cause they're taking up a seat of someone that really should be there. That's right. You know I mean? This idea of um, I'm not for everybody. You know, as an advisor say I'm not I'm not for everybody. Yeah. Not everybody. Position of strength, it feels right? good. Yeah. Um that's important. I want to talk about something really practical when it comes to a financial standpoint. When you segment how you could utilize a junior advisor within your segmentation, we had a, a, a member of our community do this with great benefit if they went, you know, I just should just not take these clients. Mm-hmm. But then having gone through one of our programs and now you do this, so maybe just explain how segmentation can actually help you not directly work with people, but still bring them into the, and and become clients, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I think what I've learned is that people appreciate our process and our process is not Sten. Like Sten does not have to be in the room at every moment, writing every email in order for somebody to be better off than they were before. Okay. I've seen enough financial plans, insurance policies, investment accounts that I'm confident that I do not have to be the lead advisor for somebody to benefit from what we've built here. Mm -hmm. And so when a client comes in and I've had to agree to this with the other advisors, if they are at a certain threshold or below, Sten will not be the lead person on it. I'm still available for questions. I'll sit in the board, like the conference room and whiteboard ideas with them. Like, they are that client is benefiting from my ideas and all mm-hmm. the collective experience of our firm.
0: Yeah, and the systems you have built over time. Yeah,
1: but I'm not the one sending them the follow up summary email or or taking their call or the one tracking their updates on what's going on. And that's okay. And so now, if a if a, if a planning client comes in that's paying five thousand, seven thousand, immediately I have somebody else in the room. That person is sending the updates. We can still serve that client well. Where me looking forward, I had to stop taking clients because. Could I handle it today? Maybe. But it would push me to a breaking point faster right. and max me out and limit my ability to be creative and have downtime to continue to help more people that now I have other advisors
0: that I can bring in to still serve those clients. And how happy are those other advisors? To, yeah. You know, yeah, I'll take that plan. Yeah, I'll take that client. And part of it's because they need to get reps with sometimes yeah. simpler.
1: So it's it's revenue plan. I was passing up that Literally. now I can get yeah. a portion of it and somebody's learning. Those people are being served. Was there time commitment to training that advisor, to creating systems in order for that to flow? Yeah, yeah. but it was kind of learning as we went. It wasn't yeah. perfect right away. I just said, here's what I see the future being. Yeah. A firm that transcends Sten. It's not all about Sten, but has processes that can benefit multiple advisors. So when somebody introduces somebody to us, yeah. we're confident about our fee. We're confident about our service model. And it doesn't matter which advisor they work with, they'll still get a great experience.
0: I, and I know this about you, Stan, and I want people who are listening to experience this as well. I hope for all of you listening someday you can walk by your conference room and see, you know, one of your advisors speaking with someone and you're like, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> yeah. And be so excited because you know that person's being served well. Yep. That the other advisor is getting an opportunity to work with someone and get better at what they do. And lastly, yeah, you could benefit from that even without being in the room. But that's where I, th- I think it requires a certain measure of humility to go, I don't need to be in the room. Yep. Like I don't I don't have to touch that plan. For those, person, for those people to be served. That's good. Um, I want to also say one more thing about um, the idea that you can increase your capacity as a company um, and the, the difficult decision it, it, that you have to just sort of man up, if you will, and, and just say, I I want to grow and I cannot grow until I do this. Yep. I mean, we have conversations all the time with advisors and it's, you have to segment if you're going to grow. There's something about you know there's just something about structurally, I even think about like a building, it's like if you want to grow, you have to have a solid foundation. Yep. and it's like, of course you do. Well, that's foundation includes segmentation. Yep. so just as we wrap up here, can you give um, can you give a picture of how someone's feeling now and then how they could feel if or when, I'll say when, yes, right, when they're on the other side of segmentation?
1: It will, um, advisors, whether they know it or not, a lot of them that I meet and get to spend some time with are operating from a place of, um, desperation. Um, they're frantic. It feels like every day is a battle and they don't have time to breathe and kind of dream and have a vision. And they're looking for quick solutions. We'll have advisors join our community that are like, just fix all my problems. And it's right. like, there's some quick wins here, but like this is, this is a bigger, larger journey that you're on. And so segmenting your book, you could do that in probably less than a month well. And the clarity you'll get from that will affect every decision you make moving forward for the better. It'll be uncomfortable, things will be revealed. You might have to get rid of some clients. You'll end up changing some processes. But what you also realize is that if I stop over serving clients that aren't asking for it, and I serve C clients like they're okay being served, and I serve A clients like they need to be served, uh, you will have capacity without hiring anybody tomorrow. Mm. It it will free you up, it'll increase your revenue and your time right away.
0: Yeah, I don't want to miss that. I think that's, that's an important point. So, probably the last one, the major one we land on, which is that if you want to increase the capacity of your team, and also just of yourself. I mean, how many times we go to bed at the end of the day and we're just like, I'm out, I'm done, yeah. I'm, out, and I'm on empty. Um, or we show up at work in the morning and we feel like we're empty, right? Like ways to create margin, th- this is one. You can, you know, it's like optimizing an engine. It's like suddenly it's capable of more, right? Yeah. So if you want to optimize your capacity, if you want to increase your capacity, it's not necessarily hiring someone else. It could be just you have to structurally change yeah. your relationship with uh, with your clients That's through right. segmentation,
1: yep. And, and most of the fears you have are in, are valid, and they're in your head. That your ninety nine percent of your clients will not push back, will not feel differently. Um, it's the lack of clarity in systems is what's causing you to feel disorganized. Uh, it's it's not because the clients are thinking you are not doing a good job. So a lot of times it's us getting out of our own way.
0: Yeah, and we've heard that from multiple advisors. It's it's the the. There, there has been little to no customer kick, you know, like pushback. That's right. Um, So, so do it for you and do it for your clients as soon as you can. Thanks, Sten. Thanks, Bud. Well, as we've discussed on today's show, you've got what you need to segment your book of business. And if you'd like to see the client segments that Sten has for his book of business, then we would encourage you to join our Lead Advisor Network, where you can get accountability and guidance on things like segment in your book business so visit stenmorgan.com slash e-a-n that's stenmorgan.com slash e-a-n to apply to join the network today we'd love to help you grow your business and as always thanks for listening we appreciate you